Hey everyone, welcome to the Fortress of Solitude podcast. I'm your host, Sergio Pereira, and today I have a very special guest joining me. I actually have Ben Affleck. Um, I'm Batman. <laughs> okay, as you can tell, that was terrible, and that was definitely I'm not Ben Affleck. Sorry, I, um, it's still it's still winter at the moment. <laughs> I haven't quite warmed up my voice for the for the call. No, like one of these days, like we probably are going to get like a complaint because I'm announcing all these people. They're like, "You lying to me? That wasn't Ben Affleck." I thought it was him because I like just I'm, I'm into it. I feel like that's the thing. I'll just try and get a bit better at improv. Last time I was Australian Zack Snyder. This I time you got that scratchy, one from. scratchy throat, Ben Affleck. You know, it's about uh, you know creativity. What I can bring to the role. Exactly. I still don't understand where the Australian Zack Snyder came from. I was like, oh, of all the it, things. It doesn't matter. He was here. He came from down under. I don't know. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, Lois. So once again, really cool to have you here. Um, and today, I mean, it's actually a bit of a sad topic we're going to be discussing because both you and I are huge fans of the show. Kim's convenience, yeah. man. And you know what? Like I've been bouncing around with this, this idea a little bit. I mean, I wrote a piece for Fortress as well about yeah. its cancellation. I thought it was like a really like an emotional but funny and heartfelt series. Like I thought that it was done really, really well, the series. And like all of a sudden, it's like, boom, it's gone. And look, I know, for example, when something is on Netflix and it's a Netflix exclusive, like anything's possible. I mean, you know, mm. if you if you Netflix like decides, well, we don't like the way that, you know, <laughs> the theme song sounds, you're gone, dude. That's pretty much the way it's been. And whilst Kim's Convenience, obviously in South Africa, it's been airing on Netflix. It actually, you know, it actually airs on a different channel overseas. And it's actually pretty yeah. popular. That's that's a weird thing, which I don't understand. It's found like such a, a good audience as well internationally on Netflix. And it was doing really well. And suddenly, boom, they pulled the rug out from it. And they basically announced, okay, well, the showrunner is leaving. And we've decided, okay, that's it. it. It's gone. And the worst part is that there's so much that's unresolved on the show. Like season five ended on a note. And you can see the way it ended. It was ended in a way that kind of indicated yeah. there, there were more seasons to come. And so yeah. It, it was kind of like an, an unplanned uh or, cancellation, you know, unfo- yeah. yeah, unforeseen cancellation, which really sucks. Because I mean, all of these storylines, uh, which we might get into just now, it's like they've been building it since season one. You know, like those overarching um, relationships. Yeah, and uh, I'm kind of sad to hear because I mean, I haven't finished season five yet. I'm still on season four, but it's sad to hear that it doesn't quite get the the payoff uh, that it deserves. Yeah, man, it's 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 tragic. And the weirdest thing is, in they announced that they're going to push forward with a spinoff for Shannon, the character, and I kind of do think that's a little bit of slap in the face of like the rest of these characters because I mean let's hmm. be honest here it is a very diverse cast uh, that's being portrayed on TV and for Kim's convenience and this is one of the appeals of the show as well because yeah, and I suddenly it's like okay cool well we're just gonna go with a character like Shannon was a great character don't get me wrong but do you really care about a Shannon spinoff you know what about you know Chung what about the rest of them like yeah. what, th- those people matter like the, that that's the most important they're the characters that matter they're, they're the characters that made the show the heart and soul of it and exactly. it's just very bizarre and I mean I know that now the, the actors have come out a lot about the show and they basically said that you know they tried to save it they've even offered to you know kind of step in and offered advice where they can do things and they just decided to pull the plug on it and wow it's, it's just such a really bizarre situation because it's such a popular show which I just mm-hmm. don't understand like why why it's being done like why some okay well showrunner's gone like I, 
they've done this before with showrunners leave. I mean, we look at like Marvel shows. I mean, they go through yeah. showrunners like underpants, you know, because they just get bored <laughs> and they're like, oh, I'm gone. You know, like, oh, I don't like yeah. this anymore or, you know, creative, creative differences or whatever. You know, yeah. you, you get another showrunner. That's how it works. And generally, like that person who is the creator of the show still mm-hmm. gets paid anyways. You're still going to get your money at the end of the day, even if you're not like, you know, the showrunner every day. So it just, it's such a bizarre thing to actually see what's, what's going on. And I mean, there obviously are different theories about it and I think some of the actors you know like they, they feel very hard done by and I think they got every right to be because that was yeah. it was a really really good show and I think that it's ratings are very good but I think it's one of those shows where I think even more people deserve to know about it yeah no I also think like I mean personally I came to the show late um, you know on, on your recommendation I, you know I'd always seen it sort of pop up on Netflix but not quite given it the go and, and I'm glad I did because I think it's very much like one of those easygoing comedies where uh, you know along the lines of you know how people love Friends and how they love How I Met Your Mother and how they love all these shows because it's almost like they, they make their little like uh, family there or they get so familiar with the characters that it's like you're just like sitting and chilling with something comfortable like friends you know or family you know yeah. and just watching them go about you know whatever's the next thing and, and it's and it's, it's easy watching um and it's and it's heartfelt and it's funny and I just feel like it's one of those shows that kind of uh, it's it's got a, it's got a high merit it's got a high quality as well of like humor yeah you know the writing was pretty good for the most part so yeah it is sad to see no absolutely and I think the, the most important thing about it is it also captured sort of like the immigrant experience you know I, yeah I, I come obviously from a family like that also experienced a certain, a certain thing, you know, when coming to South Africa, you know, they came from overseas and immigrants mm. in a country and, you know, just the little quirks and stuff that, that, that we have as a family, you know, like there's certain things I can relate to, you know, on that show that you see certain things and just the way you address certain things. And yeah, it, it was just done in a really clever way, especially in the earlier seasons. I think it was done in a heartfelt and genuine way and it actually elevated characters and elevated, you know, different cultures and it kind of gave us a different appreciation instead of like, you know, where, whereas a lot of sitcoms would be like, oh, the immigrants, you know, we're going to make jokes at their expense or like, yeah. you know, oh, they're going to have a convenience store and, you know, we're going to make them just, you know, like stereotypical tropes. Yeah. It wasn't like that in Kim's Convenience. And I thought that that was one of the, the hearts of the show. And the thing is, especially like, as you say, the family dynamics, you know, like where you can see, yeah. you know, and you can relate to certain things, you know, like with Chung and Appa, you know, where they got in, where yeah. they like, like, you know, the, all that it takes is just a conversation between the two of them. It's like, guys, just sit down and stop being stubborn, both of you. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's speak to each other. You both love each other and your heart's are in the right place, but you, you just are stubborn. You know, that's yeah, the, the irony is like their conflict is basically just because they're so similar. Exactly. <laughs> they're and, so hard-headed. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's just, it's such a, a heartfelt show because you can relate to it. And like, you know, the, the certain themes and the way they approach certain things, I just felt that it was a really intelligent sitcom as well. And the cast was, just was amazing in terms of like the acting. A lot of them, before the show, I mean, that popped up in some other series, you know, here and there, but mm. this show kind of elevated them and, you know, put them on the next level. I mean, obviously, as we see, you know, like a lot of them have moved on to other stuff from the likes of um, what is the Mandalorian and obviously new Marvel yeah. movies. We've seen that and, and it's great. It's obviously elevated them, but I just felt, and I feel right now that the story is still, it needs to be told. It deserves to be finished. It's a sitcom that actually deserves you know, more runs. I mean, for God's sake, man. I mean, how many seasons of the Big Bang Theory <laughs> yeah. did we get? Oh, dude. That, you know, I didn't want to mention it, but that's like 
when I was speaking just now, that's the show I was thinking of where it's like you could have maybe had four seasons less of that and just given it, you know, to a few shows that deserve it. But this is what I don't understand. Like, especially with sitcoms in general, like I always find that sitcoms get quite a long run because they're cheaper to make in general. Yeah. Okay. Unless, of course, you're the likes of Friends or, um, you know, what's other one, like Seinfeld, where people are earning yeah. like really astronomical Crazy salaries, amounts of money. But it's obviously yeah. in prime time. But in general, like sitcoms always get given a lot of breathing room. But like, you know, it's not unheard of for sitcoms to have eight or nine seasons. Mm-hmm. I, I, like we said, in a Big Bang Theory, I don't even know how many seasons they have because honestly, I don't care. Maybe maybe 12, I don't know. Friends as well, the worst sitcom on the on the planet has so many seasons as well. I hate <laughs> Friends. sitcom on the planet. I hate Friends. Like, honestly, I hate it. It's the worst sitcom ever. It's like, I've I don't understand. It. <laughs> it's a bunch of people sitting on a couch and, you know, complaining about their lives. But yet, they're sitting on a couch drinking coffee all day. Of course, where's your, why aren't you going to work? <laughs> you say that's true your life sucks <laughs> Kim's convenience are always at work exactly those guys are always working they're hustling and friends they're sitting in the coffee shop complaining about love love oh I love Joey oh no I don't love Joey I love Chandler who cares <laughs> who cares like you know friends should stay in the 90s where it belongs just like bomber jackets it's exactly the same thing and but again I digress <laughs> I, I'm going around <laughs> friends and this is going to be like another podcast but I, like the thing is, I don't get it. It's like a lot of sitcoms get so many seasons. A lot of them are like super average. I mean, look at Two and a Half Men as an example. We all know mm. Charlie Sheen was a, was a star there. Yeah. But obviously, you know, he, he was winning at life, whatever that means. And he ended up like obviously going going off of the rails slightly yeah, and yeah. You know, getting off the show. They still carried on with Ashton Kutcher, even though that show was terrible for like several seasons afterwards. And they ended on their own terms because they eventually said, okay, cool. The show is going to end with, a, I think it was a 12th season, if I'm not mistaken. All right, great. They even wrote the story. Even though it was a terrible ending, they still wrote it like yeah. to finish it off. Here we go with Kim's convenience. It's like, okay, guys, um, yeah, that's a wrap. Oh, by the way, we won't see you back next year. So cheers. Peace out. I mean, come on. That's rough. And you know what? Like, apparently, Simu Liu was, like, so looking forward to a sixth season. Like, you really enjoyed, uh, uh, like, working on the show. Um, like, there was some interview that I, that I, I, I read with him. Um, and he mentioned that, like, despite the fact that apparently they don't get paid that well for the show, I yeah. don't know why. Um you know, he he said it had like a lot of impact on people, and like from what he had heard and all the all the reception it got. So I think from an artist's point of view, he was excited to to push the character further. And yeah, it's unfortunate that you know that they can't. Do you know? Do you know like the primary reason why was it just like amongst the COVID and. I, I don't know exactly what the what the reasoning is because I mean it's changed a bit like the messaging seems to be a little bit all over the place like they said oh no the showrunner was leaving but again you can replace a showrunner it's not that difficult to do I mean there are plenty of showrunners that need jobs in Hollywood and they would be willing to jump on and like I said like what I don't understand like you can see some shows they are quite expensive to produce but as you say I mean they weren't getting paid a lot in terms of locations it's um it, it, it doesn't look that expensive to film the show. I mean, of course, mm. you can have your cast and crew, but, it's, you know, you're not, not really using special effects. Yeah. Uh, you're not using a lot of different uh, settings. Like, so it's actually, it looks like a relatively cheaper sitcom to make 
like most other sitcoms, to be honest, you know, that's the thing. And if you're not paying your cast members like a million dollars an episode, what is the reason? If it's popular, if it's pulling in the numbers, mm-hmm. it, it just kind of feels like, oh, well, you know, we just gave up on it. So, all right, cool. Well, showrunner wants to leave. Oh, yeah, cool. You know, let's move on to something else. And, and I think it's a little bit unfair. Like, as I said, you know, like some shows you can understand. Like I said, I mean, for example, even... Jupiter's Legacy to an extent not, not a oh, yeah. but I mean that got cancelled by Netflix and Very okay, quickly. Netflix says it costs $200 million to make that series uh, the original showrunner Steve Denart says he he thinks it was like half of that yeah. so it's a weird story but you can kind of understand it didn't pull in the numbers in its first season they pulled the plug yeah. I, I still think it's, it showed a lot of promise I still think it was it was doing okay-ish and maybe could have deserved a second season but you can kind of understand in terms of a numbers game that makes sense if a, if a series is costing you 100 million dollars it's not the top top mm-hmm. show on the platform it makes sense but now like a sitcom it's doing well it's it's doing well on the network it's doing well internationally on Netflix and it's just getting pulled it just does yeah. not make sense to me and this is what this is what baffles me about Hollywood sometimes it's like literally it's just after f- honestly that's that's the way that they, they, they do certain things i mean we, we've seen like with studios like with the likes of you know the justice league as we've touched upon before they'll make yes. stupid decisions let's like oh let's cut out like a cut a three and a half hour four hour movie into two hours because we want to like follow this and these decision makers I, I swear dude like i don't know if it's cocaine or something in industry. <laughs> i don't know what's going on but it's just it's the weirdest decisions of all time uh, like, i, I just, don't know I and sometimes like you'll see it, like a second season for something that was really rubbish like well objectively but like it's that same thing I, I remember I don't know if you ever watched a series called V back in the day I do so remember like that, Aliens yeah. or something or like, I do recall it yeah yeah I know exactly yeah. what and I remember like I was hooked dude and I was like halfway through second season someone was like oh it's too bad it got cancelled and I just stopped watching dude I just couldn't I was like no you know and it kind of sucks because like it's not like it got to have its ending that was that was planned I would have at least like loved to know beforehand yeah. um, you know like I don't know if, if people say listen you got three seasons to do this or listen we're going to stop after this but I think when it's like in between seasons and you're not sure if you're going to get picked up again and they say nah we'll just stop it right there that's when you kind of look back and think should we have tied things up or you know I mean it's it's a lost opportunity I find it, it's just going to leave it all up in the air and like okay of course you know there's always going to be a petition to revive it and I mean look anything's possible nowadays I think especially now in this era it's possible that it could find a home somewhere else yeah, that, some, that, that does happen. Who did that happen to? It happened to Brooklyn Nine-Nine, right? Yeah, and also Lucifer as well. I mean, it was canceled yeah. and ended up on Netflix and it's like, it's a huge hit on Netflix as well. So it would yeah. be nice to see some, somebody like Netflix to actually, you know, go after it. And the thing is, you know, Hollywood is making such a stance about supporting diversity and inclusion and, you exactly. know, they're always doing this. And now you've got a sitcom that's got all of that and it's fantastic. It's fantastic. And you just go and cancel that. It kind of like, it, it just pisses on everything that you're saying. It's kind of like you, you just sit there Oh, we care about these things, but only between mm-hmm. this time and that time. You know, it's, it's like all those jokes that they make about, you know, even now that it's Pride Month, that they say your corporates all only like, you know, put on the rainbow flag yeah. from the 1st of June to the 30th. And then that's it. Then it's like the rest of, oh, well, then we don't care about it. No, you need to care about this. It needs to be ingrained into the actual industry. You need to start yeah. looking at it and say, this show's fantastic. This is what it's about. And support it. Get behind it. Not not this crap of like, oh, well, okay, cool. Pull the plug now. And then, you know, when, when the next opportunity comes for a PR piece, a fluff piece to say, no, but right. we care about this. This is what we do. Like, no, it needs to be inherent. It needs to be sincere. It needs to come from somewhere. And I think that with Kim's convenience, like it, it had the magic there. It was magic. No, like, I agree 
And for me, I just think that it's like, you know what, this is a huge opportunity loss. And I, I sincerely hope it gets picked up. I hope that, you know, th- there's a decision at some point that, you know, they kind of look back after some time and like, okay, guys, you know what, this show is actually really good. We need a sixth se- season. Even if it goes directly to Netflix and Netflix picks it up, I mean, I, c- I could see this doing quite well. I mean, Netflix seems to get, uh, put a lot of faith into sitcoms in general. I mean, they get quite a, quite a few seasons, yeah. like I've noticed, because I think they were obviously cheaper to make. I mean, they've got that crappy big show like sitcom that no one watches, and it's still oh, got dude, like I, a I, season. I, I did. I didn't watch it. I don't know if I should have, but like, I just I, I didn't understand it. You know, when you see something, you're just like, but why? Yeah, that well, my kind of re- <laughs> like I, I still th- say to myself, okay, cool, let's get a cool sitcom, but with like a wrestler that no one cares about. Like, I mean, come on, you know. But again, I digress. Uh, I'm going <laughs> off on a tangent. I'm, I'm just like firing shots at like every sitcom I dislike. <laughs> but again, like I think you know, Kim's Convenience is something that's super popular. Even like now, if I go on Netflix, you can see people are watching it. It keeps getting recommended. You know, you yeah, look at the top I'm still list, watching it, and it's one of those things. Me. And, yeah, I mean, for you, it's great. Uh, I mean, look, I think you are going to be disappointed by season five when you get there. As has been discussed by the cast members, they think that some issues were not handled correctly. Yeah. You know, some of the representation, some of the issues, the way that it, that it was done, they, f- they feel a bit slight about. And I, I tend to agree with certain things. There, there's, there's certain examples I can see yeah. that and I completely agree with it. But also the most important thing is it just leaves everything up in the air. You know, you you get a resolution and you don't understand what's happened to these characters, characters that you've invested so much time and, you know, your heart with them, you know, you want to find out what happens. Yeah. And I think on that point that you were making before, I think if ideally the the show is picked up again, I would hope that the cast get a little more uh, creative input because uh, as far as I understand it, you know, um, Simu Liu and, and other characters, uh, other sorry, other cast members, uh, tried to kind of put their own spin on things and, and give their suggestions to the writers' room, but kind of got got turned down more than a few times. Uh, and it's like a writers' room of like mostly white people as well. So, yeah. so I would hope that you know they get to like end off on their own terms because it's kind of that thing where most shows where it gets like season after season, eventually like. The, the actors almost become showrunners themselves because I mean they're so ingrained in their characters yeah. that like they get to know them almost like better than some of the writers. But um, yeah, I, I would hope so, just for the the sake of like keeping things genuine and and not like uh, falling into stereotypes, which I think like a lot of shows can yeah. can tend to do. Absolutely, I completely agree with you 100%. I mean, who knows better about the Asian experience than the Asian actor portraying the yeah. character? It makes complete sense. It's it's a no-brainer. Like, everyone knows that that's, that, that is the right way to go. Yeah. And again, I think this is this does expose, you know, the Hollywood fallacy of certain things where they, they don't necessarily do what they say they're going to do, mm. in a sense, you know, in terms of it. And yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. The characters, the actors, are, they know the characters better than anyone else. And after being there for a couple seasons, they should be involved in the creative process. Yeah. I mean, they are basically the core of your show. I, I mean, for example, it's not necessarily a, a sitcom, but look at, for example, Suits. Yes, you know, suits. I mean, I think after a couple seasons, executive producers were, were like, you know, the guys who, uh, well, Patrick J. Adams and Gabriel Macht. They yeah. were like, they were executive producers. They were involved in creative input. They were even directing episodes. But it things. makes it makes sense, you know. They're like the lifeblood of the show. So exactly. I think you need I those guys. It to, yeah, it needs to be interconnected like that. It needs to have like a like a flat level structure, you know. But I think I don't know. Sometimes writers can be funny. 
I, I, look, I don't necessarily think it's it's the writers per se. I think it's the the people writing the checks because you know you obviously are getting, getting brought into a writers' room. I mean, gigs are hard to come by in Hollywood. Yeah. They're like, okay, cool, we're going to be writing a sitcom. I think they try to do their best sometimes, and maybe they might not necessarily be equipped with the right tools. They might be uh, you know overridden by somebody else, you know, above them. Yeah. So I can kind of understand that. I, I don't necessarily think it's, it's just the writers' room. Okay. Fault. I, I think it's actually the faults of the people making the decisions, the people in you know, assigning the checks because yeah. you can kind of know and you know like the, I mean you know for example I mean working in advertising we both yeah. know you know you have a great idea and you say listen guys this this is my idea we can't do it this way because we think it's this and like the client turns around and says oh this is the way it's going to be yeah you know, and you know you kind of fight the idea and you still by the time the work goes out you're not entirely like satisfied with something because there hasn't been an agreement or like at least a negotiation of like okay well we can sacrifice this for this or, or do something like that most times it's like you know the person writing the checks is the one who makes the final decision and it's not yeah. right I don't agree with it but sometimes it can leave a bit of taste in your mouth and I think that's yeah. the same thing that kind of happens on these shows you know people they obviously are showing up they're probably trying to do their best but yeah sometimes like your decisions are just going to be like well I'm signing the check I decide what goes on TV so screw you yeah I think it's exactly that and yeah I'm um, just look for me like I said I'm in terms of sitcoms, I, I'm very particular. Like I, I've been that sort of sort of person over the years. When I was younger, I, I used to enjoy like a whole bunch of different things. I used to watch like the likes of Full House and you know Fresh Prince of Bel Air. You know, Step what a good Step. show. I used to watch like like as, as much stuff as I could. Martin, I mean, I love yeah. Martin. I, like those, those sort of shows, you know, Malcolm and Eddie. I used to love Malcolm <laughs> and Eddie. I used to watch a whole bunch of sitcoms back in the day, and then I found like. In probably about the early 2000s, I found that they lost a lot of heart. Like, they, yeah. they started being very much like Hollywood is trying to be too clever. You know, like mm. the way it was. It was, it was very self-referential to the industry itself. And I'm like, oh, dude, I'm on Hollywood. I don't care. You know, give me yeah. give me something that I can relate to as a person watching at home. Like, there was just a lot of stuff that I just found was very self-referential to the industry. And I'm like, well, it was typical Hollywood wankery. You know, like, ooh, let's make a movie. Uh, uh, let's make a movie in Hollywood about Hollywood. Ooh, yeah. that's, that's what's going <laughs> to blow people's minds. Like, you know, Hollywood loves nothing more than movies about itself. Yeah, itself, it's yeah. And I'm like, oh, you know, whatever. Okay, this, this sucks. And I kind of drifted away from sitcoms for many, many years. And I've watched a couple here and there that I've, you know, grown attached to and I've enjoyed. Mm -hmm. But this was the first time in a long time with Kim's Convenience where I found a show where I was like, it's got heart in it. It's like, it's not yeah. just, it's not just funny. It's also got heart. It's got, I've got a connection to these characters. I want to see sure. where these characters go. I feel for them. You know, you laugh with them, but you also at the same time, you kind of feel sad for them. Like, I mean, sometimes, you know, with the, you know, you'd see the conflict between Upper and Chung and you'd be like, yeah, you'd, that's you'd, rough. you'd feel it, man. You'd like, you'd be like, man, like I can relate to this. Like I'd also feel devastated. And, you know, and, and the moments where you think they're going to come together and eventually going to get past everything and then something yeah. happens and you're like, oh man, you know, like it, it was really good the way it was done because it kept you hooked and it kept yeah. you angry because you were like, oh, I want to see them, you know, make <laughs> up again. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I, I feel like now it's gone. You know, that, yeah. that's it. Then you're like, oh, come on, guys. You know, this is this is a really good show. Yeah, and I think you're right. Like, they did a good job of not only, um, you know, bringing a little more insight into, into, like, maybe a typical Korean family living in America, but, like, also just a contemporary family. It's not, like, a cookie-cutter family. It's, like, where people are so close and everything is always amazing and everything's always going well. It's, it's always, like, 
you know, like people are being a bit petty and like, you know, yeah. day to day, but it's at the end real. of the day, it's real. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. the end of the day, like, of course they love each other. Of course, like their relationships matter, but like their in between interactions are hilarious just because like you and your family, like often will just be like petty and arguing about dumb stuff. Exactly. But it's real. That's the thing. And like anyone can relate to that. I, I mean, I know, for example, I mean, looking, looking back at like my family as well, like, you know, as like for example my grandparents being immigrants coming into a country and, and doing certain things and some stuff that they did was like super funny like I'll never forget the time that one of the neighbors called the cops on my on my grandfather because <laughs> I thought his house was burning down because he just decided well you know from where I came from like if I cut the branch of my tree I just burn them and he just had a big fire going in the middle of his garden and I just remember live like, off the land exactly and like and suddenly like you know the fire brigades outside and like I just remember like he was so angry about this but still to this day like he's one of those stories where I was like you know I, I can relate to like you know your family does you know strange things sometimes peculiar things yeah. but it, 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 it makes it real it makes it it makes it actually mean something because it yeah. shows you that everybody's different and that you know what that everybody's got a unique story to tell and people going to other countries they bring different cultures with them and sometimes it's fascinating to see like how, how it happens and at the end yeah. of the day it's like you know what it was just showing the most important thing is that everybody wants to find a home and everybody wants yeah. to find happiness and that's the mo- most fundamental part of like aspect of life that's what every single mm-hmm. human being wants you want to find a home where you belong somewhere where you belong and you want to find happiness for you and your family and I thought that yeah. that was the thing with Kim's convenience you know it was them you know traversing this journey they want to find happiness as well between themselves and and i just thought it was fascinating and they found somewhere they belonged you know that that was that was a thing about it that i really loved and yeah man i'm bummed like as you can hear i'm really bummed sure man i'm sorry dude but like you know what let's let's have faith i'm actually going to go into twitter after this and and uh tweet my support you know opinions well, yeah, we need a hashtag, man. Like restore the re- restore the Kim's convenience. Restore first. the Kim's, yeah, restore the Kim's, yeah, something like that. Let's do this, yeah, like restore the Kim's. But yeah, man, I really hope that they actually decide to to do something with the show. It's 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 huge. I mean, for me, it, it was huge in terms of like how it just depicted a lot of different things and the way that it captured you know the magic of old school sitcoms in a way as well. That yeah. you know, it just had that. It had hearts and soul. But yeah. Like we said, we'll see what happens. I mean, stranger things have happened. And I mean, we've seen a lot of these streaming services revive shows. Amazon's been pretty good at that. Netflix as well. So who knows? Maybe one of them might actually decide, let's pick up the show. I think Netflix is a good option. And hopefully they find a showrunner that wants to continue it. And we can get season six. Yes, please, Papa Netflix, listen. Yes, please pop a Netflix. It'll be great. But once again, Lois, thank you so much for joining me. It's been thank fun. You. It's been real. And we've uh, we've had a good passionate chat about <laughs> convenience and uh, crappy sitcoms in general. Yeah. Now I feel like I need to go to the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> it's, been, it's been great, man. And yeah, for everyone else listening, thank you so much. Um, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And let us know if there's anything else you'd like us to chat about in the future. Until next time, peace. Bye.